0: You're listening to Graphic Novel Explorers Club Podcast, an audio book club.
1: Greetings, explorers. I'm one of your hosts, Johnny, joined by Aubrey and Dennis. Today, we are discussing Miss Marvel No Normal, Volume 1, by writer G. Willow Wilson and artist Adrian Alfona. We hope you've read today's title because all three of us have read the book, so beware. Spoilers ahead become an official explorer by joining our Patreon group explorers get early access to episodes specials polls discussions and other extras graphic novel explorers club is available wherever fine podcasts are found including youtube so be sure to subscribe and leave a review that's right explorers we're looking at miss marvel No Normal, Volume 1, which is the collected volumes of, uh, or the collected issues of 1 through 5, I believe. Yep. And then it's written by G. Willow Wilson. Uh, Art by Adrian Alfono. Uh, You're officially in the, we butchered your name club, Adrian. (laughs) Color artist is Ian Herring, and lettering is by VCs Joe Caramanga. And I had to look that up, because I was like, what is VCs Joe Caramanga? And I guess that Per him, a post he posted on Twitter was, it means virtual calligraphy. So it's letter, virtual calligraphy's Joe Carabonga. This is part of Marvel Now, and I have no clue. What is Marvel Now, Dennis? I feel like you will know this instantly.
2: Oh, that was just their new initiative. Well, initiative at the time to basically reintroduce characters and kind of restart the Marvel universe. After which thing? I mean, these always restart after a big thing, so it was. Yeah, like I don't remember exactly at that time. Uh, that's a good question, because yeah, you're right, because DC usually does it after like their Crisis on Infinite Earths sort of thing, and Marvel has done it traditionally after, for instance, uh, Secret Wars. Uh, sometimes they they don't have as many Secret Wars as they do Infinite Earths, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can't remember if it was after something in particular, but it was basically their, their new initiative to kind of reboot everything do a new number one issue for a lot of stuff and uh yeah because this is from about a decade ago right now it is for this book yeah 2014 that's not a decade ago is it almost (gasps) we're getting close i mean it's 2000 23 next year. So, I mean, eight years. Whoa. Yeah. That's
0: weird. I was thinking, yeah, 2014. I was like two years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're like, no, it was
1: just last year, right? No. Jesus. Uh, so, our main character is Kamala Khan, a 16-year-old girl living in Jersey City with her older brother and parents. She struggles with bridging the gap between her parents' native Pakistani culture and her growing up as an American teenager. And she just wants to be able to do the things her peers do. I think they did a fantastic job of uh, showing this as like a multicultural. I think we're all multicultural kids on this uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thought they did a fantastic job of showing that. Uh, other characters in this uh, include Kamala's parents. Zoe, a who is a popular blonde girl who goes to school with Kamala and is, uh, per her best friend, nice mean, quote unquote, nice mean. Josh, who is Zoe's meathead boyfriend, Uh, Nakia, I think I'm saying that name right, who is Kamala's best friend, Bruno, their other friend who works at uh, his family's corner store, and then Vic, Bruno's younger brother. The character was co-created by G. Willow Wilson and Sana Amant. I apologize for butchering your name, Sana. Uh, Amant is Marvel's vice president of content and character development, at least what I found online, that's what she does. Additionally, she's American Pakistani and she um, shares a birthday with me. We have the same birthday, uh, <laughs> although I'm several years older than her. And then G Willow Wilson is a European American who converted to Islam back in the early aughts. And I guess these two were hired or commissioned with co creating this character.
2: Like you said, Johnny, they definitely did a great job of really exploring the experience that, you know, first gen or just any gen. Of uh, parents of of uh, immigrants uh, has a, a struggle when uh, you know you're trying to basically live in two different worlds. Uh, you're trying to live in the world that's contained within your household, the bubble that you know is a microcosm of, of of your culture and then American society as a whole. And you know even even something like the what was the character's name again? N- Nakia. Yeah, her best friend. Right. I mean, I guess she had gone through an identity change where she previously was known as Kiki, but decided to, you know, forego her Americanized name and go with, you know, her more ethnic name, which, you know, I, growing up, I, I knew a lot of kids who were like that, who, who had an Asian name, but actually had an American name. Now I I was a little different. I didn't actually have an Asian name. I've always had an American name. And so, you know, that was my own. Challenges in terms of identity and how I felt a part a part of my culture, etc. And so it was really well written. And even though it's from the uh, specifically the the Pakistani point of view, I, I feel it was actually pretty universal regarding uh, those kind of experiences.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, biracial, so it was always, you know, uh, same thing where like I didn't fit into either world. I, either I wasn't Mexican enough for Mexican Americans, so it's like a weird got to split it's that weird dichotomy of you're like you're you're both but you're neither such a, I, th- I thought it was really cool and like they did I really loved the relationship inside her family a lot of the kids like Zoe perceive when there's rules being placed like Kamala has a lot of like well I can't do that you know it's not appropriate and then Zoe will say just horribly I don't know if racist is the right term but
0: microaggressions
1: yeah, or like microaggressions and sensitive statements of like, oh, is that because someone's uh gonna hurt you at home, or they're gonna they're gonna honor kill you, or something like that? She's like, no, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, I I just I thought that they showed just did a fantastic job of kind of showing that 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 mix
2: of like you've got your feet in, in two different worlds, basically. I can see where. Zoe's coming from in the sense that I remember growing up with uh, kids who were of the Jewish faith. And I remember not understanding because, you know, no one really sat down and talked to me about the differences about like Hanukkah and all these sort of things. So I remember, you know, when she talks about Kamala talks about, you know, having these weird holidays and, and, and such. I remember thinking that as a kid, like, oh, this is just like some weird holiday that this certain friend celebrates. Like I didn't really totally grasp those th- those things as a, as a little kid. Albeit, these are much older kids, so they should know a little better uh, about things. You know, I, I didn't come from a super religious background, so it, like anything involving religion was like perplexing to me.
1: Well, sometimes it lasted well into adulthood because I was in my mid-20s and my friend Flavio, my roommate, came home and I was like, you fucking idiot. And he's like, what? I'm like, how did you not see the black ashes on your forehead. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? I was like, you don't see the ashes on your forehead. Like you didn't walk past. You drove here. You didn't see that in the mirror. <laughs> and he's like, what? He's like, that's Ash Wednesday. I'm like, what? I don't know what that is. He goes, it's to show. Just don't worry about it. It's part of my Catholic upbringing. I was like, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was really like, you're really not that you're not that. D-. It turned out. I was the, the one who was dumb. <laughs> that's you know, right. So. <laughs>
0: To circle back to what Johnny said earlier, um, I'm also biracial. I, I was raised in the white half of my family, but at the same time never felt like I fit into anywhere. And so I think that this this book is just so great and that it's going to make so many kids with those kinds of backgrounds feel so seen. But even more special is that I feel like because of the American experience, I think even kids who don't have that experience are going to feel seen by it because Because of the way the American culture is set up, just it's so obsessed with othering people and like making people feel like they don't belong, Right, which has always been a big thing with comic books. And like they're created by nerds who like felt pushed to the edges of society. That's what it's all about. And this is like a perfect modern version of that that can appeal to even more people. 100%.
2: And, you know, I really could identify with Kamala's desire not to be the other, right? To, To to fit in so much and if only i was like this if only i looked like this well that was like her her power like she so she gets she
1: gets her power which is she can her body it doesn't have it's not like mr fantastic where it can stretch all crazy links but she can her body will almost like adapt to whatever she's thinking polymorph yeah polymorph that's it yeah thanks Polymorphic alloy. <laughs> she tries to hide her identity the first time she rescues someone. And she instantly looks like Captain Marvel with blonde hair and is Caucasian. And, and I love the journey of her just eventually getting comfortable. I'm what I should be. I'm who I should be. This is who I should, I should look like myself, like my identity when I go out and rescue people. I shouldn't adopt someone else's identity. So I really like how they did that in the book.
0: Yeah, when she first turned into Captain Marvel and was like blonde and everything, I like literally yelled at the book. I was like, No, <laughs> she's gonna be blonde. <laughs> like the whole point is like acceptance. And then I was like, oh duh, I just have to keep reading.
2: <laughs> and I I I appreciated that they recognized like the, how they tied in to that her name is Ms. Marvel because Ms. Marvel was Captain Marvel's identity beforehand. So she adopted Ms. Marvel Captain Marvel's former look. Uh, of ms marvel which was that whole outfit with the scarf around and the and the look and i appreciated that you know she wanted this she she wanted the thigh-high boots she wanted all of that because she thought that would make her feel comfortable and then when she actually was able to wear it she was like "Eh, this this is giving me a wedgie i don't like this (laughs) at all um this is not comfortable and so yeah exactly she slowly Morphed from Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel, and then realized she needed her own identity, and then eventually came up with her own outfit. And then, yeah, uh, compliments to the artists throughout this whole journey of just the art was fantastic and how she transformed and everything. You really could empathize and, and feel for the character in terms of 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 her anxiety and you know just feeling uneasy in her skin until she was able to to to. Realize your final form.
0: Movies and feelings. Pop, pop. Bring Your Own Popcorn is a podcast that dives into people and the movies who love them. Let us preach to your choir or stoke your ire as we spiral down memory lane with cult classics, jurassics, and other genres that rhyme with traffic. What we lack in education, we make up for with comedy, compassion, and camaraderie. I'm your host, Mixtape Majesty, inviting you to join me and an assortment of wonderful guests on fine podcast apps everywhere. Bring your own popcorn.
1: What, what was that myth? So she. Uh, so the story... She goes to a party. She sneaks out. She's not supposed to. Her parents are like, no, you can't be sneaking out and going off with boys. And I feel like anybody with a parent at that age, you know, I remember my sister wanted to go to a party. And my mom was like, hell no, you're 15 years old. You're not going to a party. So she sneaks out, goes to this party against her parents' wishes. And then a mist falls over the entire area that they're in in New Jersey. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what is this mist? I, I at one point. She said it made me feel inhuman or something like that. So I feel like it must be related to the Inhumans because the Inhuman was all in black, like thick, bold lettering.
2: Yeah, you know, they could have done a better job of explaining that or do one of those little asterisk things that comics like to do. But that was, and I'll probably mispronounce this because I always do, it was called the Terrigen Bomb. And that's basically a bomb that was created by some Inhumans to basically release the hidden... Uh, uh, genetic abilities of some humanoids and so that was released by I think a basically a terrorist hoping to basically even the scale and make other people inhumans which is I'm I'm always a little bit uh the humans always didn't interest me as as a, as a group so I'm always confused as to the exact difference between them and like a mutant yeah exactly because both involve genetics but the inhumans tend to have these hidden genes that aren't activated until something like this pterogen crystals or the mist that forms from the crystals basically is released in the air and then suddenly they they oh, their powers are released whereas
1: a mutant it's like when puberty kicks in they become their their power mm-hmm. becomes
2: manifest but they're both genetic so I'm like well what's exactly the difference and so That's cool I
0: love that no that's a real that's actually a real thing like a, a, an example that I think about a lot because for a while it was like a phobia of mine is uh, that you can trigger schizophrenia? Um, like they can't. It's really hard to study because you can't use humans as like controls and test subjects. But they suspect that there are people like you have a gene that can result in schizophrenia, and there are people that wouldn't manifest those symptoms ever or manifest the illness. Unless they got triggered by certain things and the triggers, it's related to dopamine release. And so methamphetamine is one that can just like, because methamphetamines releases so much dopamine, it can trigger schizophrenia really easily, if this is true. Um, or just having like a really huge traumatic event can also. So that's why sometimes we'll see someone who like had no schizophrenia symptoms, experiences a huge trauma and then suddenly starts getting schizophrenia symptoms. Mm. So that is a real sure. thing of like dormant genes that can be activated by external events. I think that's cool.
1: Not people getting
2: schizophrenia, but it being used (laughs) in the story. (laughs) So um, other people were affected by this, and so there was an inhuman sort of explosion. And I forget exactly the politics at the time at Marvel, but I thought this was their way of sort of moving away from mutants uh, for a rights purpose, because... Oh, it was probably when Fox still owned. Right. And so they wanted to try to center a lot more uh, something that they could control property wise. And in fact, that happened on the TV series where I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. There was an Inhuman TV series. Uh, There was a plan to do a whole Inhuman MCU movie uh, before they acquired Fox. And that was solely because they wanted to create characters that they had copyrights to.
1: So is she is Kamala Miss Marvel. Is she a, a an,
2: inhuman, an inhuman? That's a weird word. An inhuman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She is an inhuman. Yes.
1: <laughs> After she gets her powers, she winds up trying to hide it from people, and then her the her her other friend Bruno discovers her ability, and then he winds up. They wind up using his family's convenience store as like the. uh, headquarters for her where she'll go and change it's pretty straightforward story as far as like her arc gaining her powers yeah her arc and then uh winds up vic bruno's younger brother needs some money because he's tied up with this gang and initially they think the gang is just a bunch of like street toughs uh but it turns out there's a a super villain behind it called the inventor who uh we have to read i'm sure people have read this because it's been out for a decade almost, but who's got the head of a parakeet or a chicken or something like that.
0: Yeah, oh my God, that page was so scary. (laughs) I I yelped out loud. Like, oh, very different from the rest of the pages.
2: Yeah. What a great cliffhanger, though, because that's literally, I think, the last page that you get from this volume. So um, you don't really delve too much into her first supervillain fight. I did like his gang. You know, oddly enough, his gang didn't seem so ruthless Mm -hmm. except for that his his henchman doyle like the people who are guarding on the outside they just seem pretty chill like normal kids
0: well they seem like they seem like outcast kids which i feel like the the narrative on that is probably going to be like he's taking advantage of these kids who have no oh totally which is like a great
1: villain story it's yeah it's like a charles dickinson right
2: oliver twist kind of
1: thing yeah Yeah.
0: the birdman cometh
1: Literally, he's got a bird head. Uh, So I, I, yeah, I was like, all right, I gotta read the next, the next trade book on this because I gotta see who this guy is. Is this an established villain? Uh, no. Parakeet head's not gonna be showing up in uh the MCU. You never know.
0: Did they write this book before the movie Birdman came out?
2: Oh yeah, well before that. Dang. Oh, the Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked her exploration of her powers. I mean, honestly, I'm a sucker for origin stories. I always like the movies or the books where they explore their origin, mainly because they don't have their powers initially. So you get to know them more as people. And then you get to see them try to test their limits and see how their powers work, etc. I mean, her powers are pretty amazing. She Because of her polymorph, not only can she look like other people, but she can grow to a large size like Giant Man, shrink down like Ant-Man, Obviously, she can disguise herself, so it, it's pretty interesting. It, it's not really explored much in this one, but she does have a healing factor of sorts, where she actually takes a bullet in the gut, but manages to survive. When she transforms back to
1: her mm-hmm. original identity, but then she it seems to like tax her system, like she can't transform back again though. Afterwards, like she needs right. to rest. And then her buddy, typical comic book stuff. <laughs> this, I was like. I was both like, I rolled, but at the same time, I was like, all right, I kind of like this too, is her, her buddy Bruno happens to be incredibly intelligent and he creates what this chemical called, what he calls uh, affectionately snot that can, if you apply it to clothing, it'll, the clothing can bend as, or stretch as long as you want it. And I was like, oh, that's real convenient. Her best friend creates
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, New York is just full of these high schoolers who can do all sorts of amazing science stuff.
0: New Jersey.
2: New Jersey. Oh, yeah, New Jersey. Yeah, Jersey City. JC. Thank you for pointing that out. It's all the same (laughs) to me. That's like like when people say L.A., I just assume, you know, half of California is just L.A. I (laughs) like anything Southern California is Los Angeles to me. So do you think her
1: character went to high school with Pete Davidson because he's from New Jersey, and I think they're
2: probably – I think he was in high school around that time probably he probably yeah he was probably one of the inventors like lackeys <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i guess marvel was really nervous about this character before they came out they were expecting a lot of like i'll bet toxic nerd shit i'm sure there was and uh i, the, I guess it wasn't as much as they thought i mean there's still some but the character was quickly became a fan favorite and was kind of shot to the top of the comic book charts, I guess, for lack of a better term, like Casey Kasem would say. Yeah. I guess, I guess there wasn't as much controversy around the characters I thought. And I think that's a large part to Sana and Willow, the two co-creators, but then also just Willow Wilson's writing. She just did such a good job of creating an empathetic character, you know, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I just really liked this character a lot. I was shocked. I, I was like, yeah, I'll read it. It'll be okay. And I just, you know, I'm not a big fan of Capes and cows comics books. And I was. Yeah,
0: I I loved it from the very first page. I almost said you guys, like, I love this already. Yeah. <laughs> like, just the, the, from the very first page, the art, the the comedy, like, one of the first lines is like, I'm going to have to charge you for smells because she's like smelling a sandwich. And just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like right out of the gate. It's just great. They set up the characters in like one page already.
2: I like that she's a, a super fan. She writes Avengers fan fiction. Yeah, she's just amazing. And the artwork complements it so well, where it's a little bit over-exaggeration comedy. I don't know how to put it well, but it's just, it's really funny. And then, you know, just seeing her big hand and dealing with all that uh, is just hilarious. And yeah, she's just well-rounded and well-written. And so, yeah, props to the writing people and the the artist team uh, at that time period. Uh, for creating such an amazing character, and it, it's 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 clear to see why. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the episode, but you know, translating this into kind of a universal experience for a lot of people who are experiencing this dual culture, and 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 giving them, you know, someone uh, that represents them is is amazing.
1: Well, like you were saying, Aubrey, it you know, it also it empathizes the character and similar people, real life people, to you know, people who are in quote unquote the norm that that are gonna read this and like empathize with her. It's like, oh okay, I see I see the I see what she's going through. She
0: plays World of Battlecraft.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like that until she until she became really comfortable with herself, like her hopes and dreams of, you know, she really wanted to become part of the Avengers or become a superhero. And so she had that stuffed pig with wings, you know, so there was, you know, like a call to that saying, but as soon as she really got comfortable with herself, you didn't really see that pig uh, stuffed doll
0: anymore. I didn't even catch that. Read it again. Okay. I will.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I guess we're all unanimously uh, in love with this, this uh, story.
2: Yeah. I'm very interested to see what Disney does with the character as she is coming out with her own series. I think our episode will be up after that. And her powers are different, right? Right. She's a little more, it's a little more like Green Lantern, whereas she's not actually changing. She has an energy field, which is somewhat related to Captain uh, Marvel's powers uh, in the MCU, where she can manifest... Energy blasts or stuff like that? Energy blasts, energy fists, that sort of thing. I'm I'm of a mixed opinion in terms of, of the power change it could be because of a budget issue where it's like you know we can't really do this justice with cgi or maybe it's you know live action just isn't the greatest um platform for this kind of power but uh the casting looks great i think some of the writing team is involved with it did
0: they cast a pakistani actress for miss marvel because if not it's canceled uh
2: you know i don't know Uh, that's a good question i assume they did but they're really good about those sort of things, but Disney's
0: not really good about those sort of things. <laughs> <a> joke, right? <laughs> well,
2: late, lately they have been, I would say.
1: Uh, yes, they the the actress playing uh Kamala Khan is Aman Vellani, and
2: she is a Pakistani. Yay, Canadian actress.
0: okay, I'm here for
2: it. Wait, she's Canadian and she's playing an American. That's <laughs> <laughs> actually, they have Scarlett Johansson playing her. <laughs> oh, that, so. that makes sense, 20-0. that tracks.
1: cool well um i think is that it is that all we have to say about this comic book
0: um my last note is um further on johnny you touched on how awesome her family is and i i just want to touch on that again her family is just so cool they love her so much and yes they're being strict but it's very clear that the strictness is because they love her and also clear that she's kind of Being a typical teen of just like, I want to go to a party. And it's like, it's not the end of the world, but she's 16. So she's acting like it is. Um, And there's a scene, a very emotional scene where, is it her dad or her mom? Abu, I think it was her dad. Yeah. Just tells her like, we're going to love you no matter what. And tells her like the story of her birth and how her name means like perfection. And it's just really lovely and heartwarming.
1: And then the humor where he's like, but you're still going to go see. uh, Yeah.
0: She she come doula. You're yeah, yeah, you're still grounded. You're still gonna go have to
1: talk to <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. 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 That was great. Yeah, good point. All right. Well, uh, Aubrey, where can people follow uh you and your your podcast? Uh
0: you can follow me individually at MixTate Majesty on Instagram and Twitter, or you can follow my podcast at Bring Popcorn Pod on Twitter or bring your own popcorn on Instagram.
1: There's the the third and second most recent episodes, great guess. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny and Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, your most recent one, what was her? What What was? Adriana McKenzie. Yeah, she was hilarious. So funny. She was She's, great. Yeah, yeah, she
0: needs to be great. famous. She's amazing.
1: Yeah. Everyone go listen to Bring Your Own Popcorn. It's a great, 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 great podcast.
2: Absolutely.
0: Yay.
1: And Dennis, what about?
2: Well, I'll also say uh, follow uh, Aubrey's socials if you want to see her secret to great popcorn as well.
1: Patreon, <laughs> popcorn secrets. <laughs> popcorn secrets. Uh, <laughs> where people follow
2: this this podcast, Dennis? Uh, Twitter and Insta, at Gene Explorers Club. Cool. Thanks for
1: listening, and uh, we'll be back next week with a new uh, Week in Geek. Yay.
0: Bye-bye. Harmonize with the fart.